Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It's another great day. Time for us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in studio. He's Jeff Smith at the Timbergate Golf Course, Edinburgh, Indiana. My studio is more fun than yours. It is. Because I've got more golf stuff in my studio yeah. and just a little bit of radio stuff. And more. You have a lot of radio stuff and really not much golf stuff. Not much at all. In fact, I just have a logo ball sitting here from um, some course in Florida that I've never been to and probably never will get to. But you went to and brought me home a logo ball. Bless your heart. I did. I did. Isn't that nice? It's so nice. I was going to tell you, you're really not supposed to collect golf logo balls from places you haven't been. It's somewhat misleading. Well, no, I'd never tell people these are where I've been. I always say this is where Jeff Smith goes to play golf and doesn't invite me. That's that's the entire collection. <laughs> so so that's, I was going to say, that's, that's the medalist ball, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so medalistic of it from Firestone. Didn't, didn't mean to bring that one into it right away. <laughs> yeah, all those cool places. Oh, man. <laughs> we have a guest coming up today. Man, we could just do the whole show just reading his resume. This guy has been around. Um, he's top 100 teacher and has been since, like, the dawn of time. He is the director of golf. Well, I don't know about that long. He's not that old, man. Well, you know. Who knows? He I think he was, you know, like since he was like 13 or 14, I think something like that. Had he been around at the dawn of time, he would have been. Okay. He's also <laughs> oh, uh, there we go. director of instruction at the Duke University Golf Club. Hey, and dude's the general manager there too. Like he, he can do it all. He's That's like, sick, isn't it? I know it, man. I know it. Also, because I'm in Kentucky, I have to really affect a nasty attitude when I say the word Duke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because we hate, you know, Duke. you got a problem. <laughs> we do have a problem, but you know, I'm, I'm required by law to say Duke. So listen, Ed, still one of the best college basketball games in the history of NCAA basketball was played out. Yes. And y'all didn't come out on the good end of it. That's true. I'm sorry That's to true. say there, there's some dude named Christian Leitner who has never been able to set foot inside the state of Kentucky because he beat us. He's okay with that too. Duke. <laughs> Ed Arbard. Man, I can't even remember how to pronounce this guy's name. Ed Ibargwin. Ed Ibargwin. That's it. That's yeah. what it said. Ed Ibargwin will be our guest, and he's coming up in just a few minutes right here with us on those weekend golf guys. Thank you. Chronic pain is the worst. You know, it's worse than just discomfort because it affects your entire life. You can't get comfortable. You probably have some trouble sleeping or you don't want to exercise or you don't want to walk around. It And it, it's been ongoing for a few weeks and it hasn't improved with any of the stuff you've tried. What are you going to do? You, know, you just don't sit on the couch and give up. You try a thing called Omax Health CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On. It's great. It's not prescription. 
Triple action pain relief roll-ons specifically formulated to block all pain receptors, to reduce inflammation, and to improve muscle and joint flexibility. And the best part is it's 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes. And the relief can last up to eight hours. Take it from me. I know my knees stink. They're bad. I play golf. And by about the 11th or 12th hole, it's, it's hurting to walk. Put a little of that on. By 18, I'm fine, man. I am fine. And I don't come home all achy and painy as I used to. You got to try it. I can help you try it. Omax Health is offering all of our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on. Plus, they'll ship it to you for free. And this discount also applies toward any other products site-wide. And they've got a lot of great stuff. Check them out. OmaxHealth.com. Go there today and enter the code WEEKEND. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com. And enter the code WEEKEND, and you will get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. Kyle Stanley uses it when he plays golf and for other stuff, too. And look at 95% of the five-star reviews. They've got page after page after page of customers saying, this stuff works. So you don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe them. Get a bottle and try it for yourself. You can believe yourself, okay? OmaxHealth.com. Enter the code WEEKEND. Get 20% off or anything site-wide. OmaxHealth.com. Go there now. Enter the code WEEKEND. You'll thank me for it later. Thanks for hanging and coming back. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He and Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at uh, Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. And we alluded to our guest for this week. And uh, we have about maybe 10 minutes uh, right now to talk about him. Uh, that's not enough time. Not let's, enough time to go over start this. Let's friend this and mentor uh, that, of mine since I, I started becoming a a golf professional. He is probably the the single greatest influence on uh, the fact that I'm still a golf professional today because he's such a, a terrific guy. But uh, general manager, uh, top 100 teacher at Duke University, has won more more awards than I even knew existed. Yeah, member of the Carolinas Golf Hall of Fame. How in the heck do you get yourself into a Hall of Fame when you're young? It, isn't that isn't Hall of Fame stuff, Ed? Isn't that supposed to be for people who are like one foot in the grave? Well, first, it is a pleasure to be with you as I'm uh, going COVID nineteen crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's just Aren't nice we to all? talk to someone besides my wife and and our golf staff. So, uh, <laughs> pleasure to be here. And and uh, truthfully, no those those awards just mean you've been around uh, a long time. So. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, oh, it's not like they have any I golf. You've been pros. a top 100 teacher since you were like 13 or 15 years old or something, right? Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to hit, uh, goodness, 20, 20 years on that list next year. Wow. That's what I'm getting at. It isn't very long, right? But so, then, but um, then Jeff, you look, that's amazing. You look at, at the, the Hall of Fame for North Carolina. I mean, come on, how many golf pros are there in North Carolina? You know, eight hundred million. <laughs> I know. Quite a few, Huge. but you know, they 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 tend to give that out every year, so it gets around. <laughs> anyway, Ed Ibargwin is our <laughs> guest, and and again, I have to reiterate, I I am in Kentucky. I'm not a Kentucky fan, so I Thank don't you. really have to we affect the whole Duke when I talk about <laughs> where you work. 
you know, we well, come come visit us. We we always love those Louisville cats to come by. <laughs> yeah, you know, John's John's learning how to take thin divots now, Ed. <laughs> you'll you'll welcome him on your golf course now. Yeah. A couple yeah. of years ago, you might you might not have wanted that unless of course you needed some bunkers dug they took they took my picture down at most of the places now it's really great John Daly how to swing an iron I guess <laughs> Daly could take a divot so deep you could bury a squirrel and it covered over and not know it was there <laughs> Ed are you having a fun time are you watching the ESPN thing on the, the last dance thing are you watching that you know I'm, I'm I've actually I have to be honest I've watched all the episodes and I've rewatched all the episodes, but it's a lot of fun to, to watch that. I hope everybody's enjoying uh, seeing what, uh, what an amazing competitor Michael Jordan was. It, well, still is. It's just not in basketball, right? He's, he's probably that, that insanely competitive on the golf course. I would imagine. We're fishing on his boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would imagine. How, tell me about your, uh, you, you've known him for quite some time and you guys are, uh, you spent a lot of time together uh, with golf club in hand. Yeah. You know, that was one of those situations that I think every PGA professional has stories like that. You know, it's being in the right place at the right time. Um, there's a lot of luck involved, but also, um, you know, as I, as I told you probably when you were in the, one of my classrooms is that you you need to work and be ready for the opportunity so that uh, when opportunity comes knocking that you're there to answer the door and in my case I was fortunate to be at my alma mater's golf course the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and uh, coach Dean Smith was one of my students and a lot of great athletes were were coming through there and uh, this fellow that had hit this great shot against Georgetown in mm -hmm. 1982, as I recall, yeah. uh, uh, happened to get brought to the golf course by a friend of his named John Simpkins, who was maybe the number nine guy on the golf team, but lived in the same dorm as Michael did. And uh, so he brought Michael out. And then, of course, Davis was on the golf team. And, uh, when Michael took an interest, uh, you know, they recommended that uh, that Michael come see me. And he, uh, you know, I, I won't forget it. You know, this is a public access golf course at a university that has one guy working behind the desk. So it was me and three other guys rotating that uh, work shift. And there's hot dogs behind the counter and there's UPS being brought in and old guys sitting on a stool talking trash and anyway and, and uh and he says oh uh, you know my last name's i bargain he says are you ed i bagugan <laughs> i said well that's close enough or, you know that, uh, but anyway yeah, right he said that uh coach and and davis had recommended that uh he come see me and so uh you know we're very fortunate that uh I was in a situation as it turned out to, to start with him and um, we became great friends. And then shortly thereafter, he gets drafted number three to go to the Chicago Bulls. And uh, we continued our relationship uh, through that. And then he got injured, came back to finish his degree. We spent um, 
gosh, almost every day that summer um, playing some, some amount of golf. So that was, uh, and, you know, and he was a great student, great student and a, and a really, really amazing guy, very shy, uh, which a lot of people can't imagine that right now, I guess, but. Yeah, that is hard to think about. Here it is one of the guys who's a, a leader in his industry in the, and, and so uh, he, he's out there in the, in the whole world bows down to his athletic excellence and he's king of the world for an awful long time. Yeah, and you, you wouldn't know, I, think I, that I, that's the case. The personality test, he'd come out introverted. No, no question. And, you know, just learned how to deal with uh, what was totally unexpected. I mean, I don't think Dean Smith as his coach had any, uh, I mean, Dean obviously realized he was going to be great, but didn't realize he was going to be this insane icon. I mean, when you talk Jordan, you're probably looking at Muhammad Ali. I'm talking sports now, Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, in terms of worldwide fame, uh, you know, Nicholas would probably be uh, in that, in that group as well, I suppose, um, for international uh, recognition. I'd say those three, Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods, and Michael Jordan, pretty much anywhere in the world, um, you know, the, the older sports weren't international back in the day and obviously the media didn't get to to be quite as uh, international as more you know if you're an athlete in the united states in baseball or football you're famous in this country yeah, yeah that's right and, and let me ask, ask you a question a couple of them about michael first off was he a natural being an athlete and being tall did he take to the game right away or is is that something we can attribute to you no, no, I can't take any credit for that. I, I, you know, I was a facilitator. He, he, he really drinks from a fire hose, you know, okay. so he fell in love with golf. I mean, he still to this day is incredibly passionate about the, about the game, obviously, you know, building his own uh, golf course at great expense. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he, he plays, uh, you know, it's legendary how many holes he plays in a day and, and that sort of thing. But I think if you go back then, his big disadvantages were he was, uh, you know, basketball players are moving, uh, shooting to a stationary object. Mm-hmm. So his initial approach to golf was, had a lot of movement off the ball and through the ball. And that made it difficult. Plus his hands were so large. In fact, I just communicated maybe two weeks ago with the uh, guy with ping that we had do his uh, original clubs and in the fitter ping was telling me how many grips they split uh trying to get the grips big enough to and i bargain is our guest and um we're, we're trying to pronounce his name correctly but as you said i bargain come on that's what i said i bargain i was you know <laughs> michael pronounced it badly but you know he was good he's a star he, he gets he gets away with it. We won't. But we will be right back. Hang with us. We have those weekend golf guys. Chronic pain is the worst. You know, it's worse than just discomfort because it affects your entire life. You can't get comfortable. You probably have some trouble sleeping or you don't want to exercise or you don't want to walk around. It And it, it's been ongoing for a few weeks and it hasn't improved with any of the stuff you've tried. What are you going to do? You, know, you just don't sit on the couch and give up. 
You try a thing called Omax Health Cryo-Freeze CBD Roll-On. It's great. It's not prescription. Triple action pain relief roll-on specifically formulated to block all pain receptors, to reduce inflammation, and to improve muscle and joint flexibility. And the best part is it's 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes, and the relief can last up to eight hours. Take it from me. I know my knees stink. They're bad. I play golf, and by about the 11th or 12th hole, it's, it's hurting to walk. Put a little of that on. By 18, I'm fine, man. I am fine, and I don't come home all achy and painy as I used to. You got to try it. I can help you try it. Omax Health is offering all of our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on. Plus, they'll ship it to you for free. And this discount also applies toward any other products site-wide, and they've got a lot of great stuff. Check them out. OmaxHealth.com. Go there today and enter the code WEEKEND. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com. And enter the code WEEKEND, and you will get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. Kyle Stanley uses it when he plays golf and for other stuff, too. And look at 95% of the five-star reviews. They've got page after page after page of customers saying, this stuff works. So you don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe them. Get a bottle and try it for yourself. You can believe yourself, okay? OmaxHealth.com. Enter the code WEEKEND. Get 20% off or anything site-wide. OmaxHealth.com. Go there now. Enter the code WEEKEND. You'll thank me for it later. It's us for those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here in studio. Jeff Smith at the uh, Golf Cave, Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. Ed I. Bargwin down in, I'm trying to remember the town Duke's in and it escapes it's from the Durham, Durham, North Carolina. Durham, that is it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I know. Got a couple more questions about Michael Jordan, if I can, real quick. One is, can you give me a discount on Air Jordan golf shoes? Uh, no, but I can okay. find them and get them. For them. <laughs> they do cost a pretty penny. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay and the other question i had you was know, when when he went to oh, play yeah. baseball did that change the way he he approached golf or was he able to isolate the two you know uh it's interesting if you uh i, I can't remember if it's either episode two or three if you watch there's a uh, one flashback of him playing at a golf and he's got this long fluid motion in fact one guy posted online that it reminded him of sam sneed and if you Google his swing now, it's kind of short and compact and closed face and ha handle dragging low cut into the middle of the fairway. And so he, you know, he, his swing migrated so much. I mean, you, you know, you were asking about how, it, you know, what was it like teaching him early? You know, his short game was fabulous. You'd show him a shot and he'd, he'd be able to pick it up. As I said, he had some physical disadvantages with his height and the size of his hands, but he was uh, unbelievably bright in his approach uh, to be able to analyze what he was seeing and then to be able to physically uh, mimic it and do it. So he was a, a terrific student. At the same time, I'll tell you two fun stories. He, I, I don't see him for maybe a couple of weeks or a month in there. And then he comes on back and he's got this swing that uh, the club's uh, kind of going outside in a loop and then coming up and crossing the line and then swinging down and through. And, and I said, wow, you know, you've really changed your takeaway and, and the direction of your club at the top. And 
and uh, I had known that he had actually been out playing with, played a couple rounds of golf with Fred Couples. Mm. And I said, did Freddie give you any <laughs> lessons when you were there? And he said, no, no, no lessons, no tips. They just played golf and had fun. But it was just, he was watching his swing and just was able to, to mimic it. So then you flash forward, maybe about another three weeks later, I see him and he's got this swing that's inside and flat and then lifting up. And it was, a, 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 he'd been playing with Ray Floyd. <laughs> same thing, Roy, uh, Ray Floyd didn't give him any lessons. So one of the things about what happened to Michael is his first lessons in North Carolina, you know, Jeff, the kind of long flowing swing with that kind of height and arc, you're going to hit a high ball flight. And yeah. it goes to Chicago where it's really windy. And so that ball flight doesn't uh, match very well to to uh, have to playing golf and having wagers. And so uh, he started to figure out how he could get it lower. And so his swing kept getting shorter. I, he'd always come back and I'd want him not to be so shut face and short and no wrist cock. And, you know, we, we tussle about it, you know, try and get him back. And so over the years, as, as things went on, you know, I don't know, 15 years on, he comes back for a, a summer visit and we're playing old Chatham, which is a, great Reese Jones golf course in this area. And I think it's the end of the day. We're like on our 54th hole. I'd been giving him junk all day about how ugly his swing had gotten and, you know, that it couldn't be repaired very easily. And, you know, we're jabbing at each other all day. And, and so finally he said on the 18th hole, which is a, a long par four, he, he says, Oh, I, I can do that swing. I said, no, you can't. There's no way you can do that swing at this point. And he said, let's bet. <laughs> Fortunately, I take the bet because I know him too well. Although I didn't believe he could do it, he puts the ball on the tee. He says, "Watch this." He takes his old setup, which was uh, much more angular and, and upright than what he'd gotten into. Takes the club back uh, beautifully on plane, nice and long, uh, wonderful flow through the shot. Hits this beautiful high draw right down in the middle of the fairway. Turns to me and grins ear to ear and says, "Good thing you didn't bet." <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's yeah. an amazing athlete. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I I would imagine some of the stuff that you know we've had a couple conversations here or there about some of the places you've been able to go in your career. You know, and and some of it, you know, right right uh, right alongside with Michael, you were telling me one time about um, being at a Ryder Cup. That was a That'd yeah, be he, I think his real first, entertaining. His first Ryder Cup was at Valderrama with uh, Seve Ballesteros and and uh, Tom Kite being the captains. And then after that, um, I, I, and I believe he was invited there by Kite. I'm not sure how he or he happened to be in Europe at the time and went. So after that, we were on for every Ryder Cup. So starting at um, Brookline, which was the next U.S. one, uh, he got a house up there and a cook, and it was a golf pro's dream. Uh, we had a chef that you know, you come down in the morning and he wants to know what kind of omelet you want and mm-hmm. how you like your toast and uh, dinners were made and we played golf. <laughs> we got in there early. We played golf. I was on the third floor. My roommates were uh, John Elway and and, uh, and Joe Morgan on the third floor. Um, we just had a blast. Uh, walkable to the golf course. Uh, and, you know, Jeff, uh, from a coaching perspective, that was amazing. Mario Lemieux was on the second floor, and he's a 
French wine connoisseur, so he brought in magnums of amazing French wine. And, and they, you didn't hate that. These guys would sit around the house. Nomar Garcia Parra was the shortstop with the Red Sox. He would come by, and they'd sit around the table in a very relaxed atmosphere talking about their sports careers and coaching and players. And I just sat on the outside and thought to myself, my gosh, as a coach, you couldn't pay to get this kind of education. Yeah. So, And, you know, he's, he's incredibly generous. He's taken me to Scotland and Ireland, which we always talked about. We played 20 rounds of golf in 10 days, uh, you know, private jet, beautiful accommodations and, and everything taken care of by, by Mike. So uh, I can't even begin to tell you he's, uh, he does so much for charity that nobody knows about the proceeds to the, to the last dance. Uh, his proceeds are going to COVID-19 relief. Uh, I've seen him dedicate things to Donald Ronald, uh, you know, the Ronald McDonald house, and, you know, nobody ever knows about it. Nobody ever, he doesn't make a big deal about it, but he, he's, uh, he's, he's very generous. And that's when, you know, it's from the heart too, is when people do it without, yeah. without needing to be re recognized for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can imagine, I mean, here's a guy who's been in the spotlight, you know, since college and probably now just tries to stay away from it. I would imagine as, as best he can. Yeah. I would imagine that would, I would imagine something like that would eat at your world a little bit where you couldn't feel like you're going around being a normal person. Be difficult. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's, I want to shift gears a little bit. Okay. Ed, tell me about some of the funny stuff that you have seen on your lesson tee. Because you've been teaching for a long time. There's a lot of people, you know, sit there and think about what are some of the most hilarious things that you have seen oh, that you actually can laugh at. You know, some I, I would have a hard time telling in, in mixed company, I think. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they, I would say that what's interesting, I think, as you know, is that People are always better than they think they are. And that's not everybody. There's yeah. going to be some players that think they're better than they actually are. But the majority of them are coming to the lesson tee. They, they're really quite uncomfortable. It's, it's like they're standing uh, figuratively naked. Uh, and they're trying to do their very best. It's, it's uh, you know, I, if I had a sore throat and I went to the doctor, the first thing I want is for the doctor to see the sore throat. So he says, open up, let me take a look. Bam, I'm right there to do it. Our students come to RT and they are sweating bullets, not wanting to embarrass themselves to hit these, you know, better than average shots just so that we uh, will, uh, I don't know, have a, have a higher higher image of them. And, and you know, I, I often say, you know, hey, look, I want you, I want to see you when you're hitting balls as if you were here by yourself and understand that, uh, I can't help you if if you don't allow me to to hear and and see what what's the what the problem is. I, and, that's right. You know, I, I get to people and they come to me with the same thing, right? They're they're sitting there going, "I'm I don't I'm not good enough to take a lesson." Is a, a lot of that thought, and and so I just say, "Hey, look, so I'm I'm looking to find out what is representative of your golf game because that's the only time I can help it get better." So. I don't want you trying to do anything. Just hit balls. And when things are representative of what's going on, let me know. And I'll just sit back here and wait while you're loosening up. And then I'll tell a few jokes and we'll do a few things to make them feel more at ease because 
boy, we got to break the ice there somehow. You know, Jeff, that's why I think you, you know, you've become the great teacher that you have is that you realize that, you know, golf by definition is recreation. Recreation by definition is something that's fun. And so if, 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 if what we have to offer isn't fun, then it's not worth doing. And that, that starts on the lesson tee. You know, it's a, a lot of people will tell you that their past experience with lessons have not been enjoyable. And it just breaks your heart to hear it because, you know, a golf is truly about spending time with people and, and having fun. With Living with chronic pain has got to be the worst thing. It's more than discomfort. You know, it, it, it affects your whole life. And I know you probably have some type of pain that's prevented you from relaxing or maybe sleeping or even stopped you from exercising. Maybe it's been going for a few weeks and it hasn't improved with any of the treatments you've tried. Yeah, I can relate. With the social distancing stuff, the only thing that I can do outside is play golf. But I play a lot more than I normally do because it's the only thing there is to do. And it hurts my knees. It does. After 18 holes, man, I start walking like, you know, I'm 80 years old. Enter Omax Health. Now, if you're looking to get rid of some nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery too, you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution called CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On that's been developed by Omax Health. It's non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on specially formulated to block the pain receptors, to reduce the inflammation, and to improve the muscle and joint flexibility. And it works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief can last up to eight hours much longer than over-the-counter products. I roll it on and the knees, you know, I do not look like an old man walking up and down the stairs. I, I couldn't do it without it, all right? And right now, Omex Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on. Plus, they'll ship it to you for free. This discount also applies toward any other product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter the code WEEKEND. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com. Enter the code WEEKEND. Get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything site-wide. Pro golfer Kyle Stanley uses this stuff. He uses CryoFreeze CBD to recover both on and off the course. If it works for him and he plays seven days a week, it'll work for me who's playing like twice a week, three times a week, and it'll work for you no matter what is causing your pain. CryoFreeze. Try it. OmaxHealth.com. Enter the code WEEKEND and get 20% off your cryo-freeze, or anything sideline. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us. And you want to make us real happy, just go there and interact with us. Facebook.com slash golfguys. And welcome back. We are this weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave, Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. Ed Ivarguin from um, Duke University Golf Club, Durham, North Carolina. And, and Ed, you said you went to UNC. Did they not read your resume when they hired you at the Duke Golf Club? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was very fortunate to have a dear friend, Rod Myers, who was the golf coach here. And he recommended me, told me about the job. And the athletic director here was a, a fellow from Ohio named Tom Butters. And he was very open. He'd hired a uh, UNC graduate for, for assistant football, for women's tennis. He wasn't uh, necessarily opposed to it. And he always said, I did a nationwide search to find a guy that was 12 miles away. <laughs> and I say they, they <laughs> grandfather fashion, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Exactly. Man, and that, that and, is, you know, that's worked out really well over time. That is, that, you know, you, you've been there for quite some time. As a matter of fact, I, even when I started 
my career, you were there and I came over to watch you teach and I learned a lot of things that day. You know, one of the biggest things I learned that day, I'm not sure I've ever said this to you, but I'm going to do this on the air. I think that at that time and still today, you could probably sell anybody anything. (laughs) I think that you could probably sell ice to Eskimos and you could sell a bucket of slop to anybody because I watched what you did no matter what that person was working on, no matter what it was. And, and for the whole day, you didn't have anybody doing the same thing, but boy, you sure convinced them they could do it. And I, and I could probably turn around and say the same about you. So I think that's one of the things that, uh, you know, the glass has got to be half full, uh, even if it's just the quarter tank. You know, you've got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, you are in this life. You are what you think you are. And in golf, if you if you're one of those golfers that's kind constantly cursing at yourself and telling yourself that you stink, and you know you miss that first putt, and you come storming off the range and say, "Man, I stink," or "This is going to be a bad day." You know, uh, you reap what you sow. So, as the Bible so so well puts it. So, our job is really to get them to see the sunnier side of themselves and apply it to their golf game it's also fun let me jump in here real quick you mentioned that you you took the uh the proverbial offer you couldn't refuse from the godfather you know you've got this james con thing going on you know that vibe you give off there's a little little sunny corleone looking in there that's from jersey man that's just born in (laughs) well ed what whatever you did rubbed off on jeff because extolling your virtues i've got to extol the virtues you taught him because he he claims that he learned most of his stuff from you oh that's not true i did i i used to really really stink now i only kind of stink and it's all oh, because of Jeff. <laughs> you're lucky to have, you know, what, one of the things that the, one of the, the, maybe the greatest quality Jeff has as a teacher, and it's, it's true with all great teachers, is an insatiable curiosity to continue to learn. Mm-hmm. There was a great teacher named uh, Bill Strasbaugh who said, those who seek to teach must never cease to learn. And Jeff is a great example of that. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that when we spend time, uh, which is often talking on the phone, it's about what's going on out there in the industry and who's doing what and how can you apply it to the average player you know how can you assimilate all this incredible technology and not make people more confused but actually make it even easier and simpler and and uh, he he's a he's a variable genius at that yeah, i mean I, I was told flat out that the numbers mean something but they mean something to him not to me <laughs> that's well put you know then um that's it. He can tell me what to do when he reads the numbers and translates it. I don't have to worry my poor little pretty head about that stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> Which you is know, why you're actually you playing better golf because you're exactly. not thinking about that stuff. Exactly. Make, baseball swing or something simple like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just the, the technique that you guys, or, or maybe is it, is it the, can you refer to it as the school of teaching from which you both come? The, I, th- I think that's fair to say. I think there's, uh, you know, it's the keep it simple, stupid school of, <laughs> of realizing, hey, the the golf swing takes less than two seconds. Gosh, I, I, Mrs. Bufutnik swings here probably at about 1.9, so not even two seconds. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many things can you think about while you're moving a golf club around your body in the two seconds right. of takeaway to, to uh, follow through? So. My mantra has always been that a golfer needs to know what they want to do and then simply step up and do it. 
And if a golfer is confused or trying to think during the process of the swing, that makes it a lot harder to get to the point where you're actually playing golf rather than thinking swing. Yeah. And what, you what know, Jeff has shown me to do is, is to do all the thinking prior to swinging. You know, right. so yeah. think, practice. think about the setup, right. think about getting the club face right, do your pre-shot routine, and then just do it. Exactly. Yeah. Just push the green button. Once you're once you're all yeah. set to go, just push the green button. Let's go. And you know what Let's works. Hit that thing. <laughs> That's the funny thing about yeah. it, man. It works. Even for old dogs learning new tricks like me. Well, you know, you know even though John, you're you're an old dog, some of the things that that you had rolling around in your head. Remember, sometimes I I tell you, I I hear what's going on in there because you you're kind enough to say it. But my job is, um, I think Ed's heard me say this before. I think I'm a plumber. I think mm-hmm. my job is to flush away an awful lot of um bad stuff (laughs) (laughs) and guess what i have to do yeah is is you know sift through the the mud there and and just let you have the simplest of simple things and just give you one job and if i can get you to drive the face of the club right through the front of that golf ball you know all i got to do is set it up so the angles are better Mm -hmm. and uh the ball goes where you want it to go you you're happier you can repeat it you know half the time i'm asking my students is this easier or hard and we're always going with what feels easy because yeah. that means I've done the right things with their body and their mind. And uh, then they get to go play golf and they come back smiling. So it's a lot more fun. Ed, I got a, I got a thought for you. You know, out of all the teachers that you have had a chance to work with or learn from or be around, what do you think some of the common characteristics of, of them are? Well, obviously, I think uh, communication, ability to communicate, you know, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you can't relate to the person that's in front of you, that's going to allow them to take it home and, and utilize it, then that, you know, that's certainly going to be w- one of the big things. Uh, I think, uh, you know, again, what we talked about is uh, this whole idea of Constantly studying on your own. I mean, how many times are you driving home that day thinking about what you might have done better in that set of lessons? It's constant. But, you know, that that's a quality of, of certainly being introspective, of, of having the awareness that you're going to do the very best that you possibly can every lesson, but you can always need to do, you, you always need to be open to doing it better. You know, I've, I've been around so many good ones. I mean, uh, Gary Wyron was a huge influence. Davis Love's dad was phenomenal. Um, Bill Strasbaugh uh, up in uh, Columbia Country Club. You know, all of them were, were different in what they were teaching, but had incredible commonality on their ability to communicate. So I, I'm probably going to go with that one as being the, the number one. And yeah, that's, that's pretty important stuff. When, when you look back on the students you've had, are there any that stand out that surpassed what maybe they thought they were capable of doing before they came to you? Well, gosh, I'd like to think that that's almost <laughs> every day. Are there any that have gone on to great, great heights, you know, maybe, uh, you know, won an amateur or something like that? Or... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, my little Gina Kim uh, that I've been teaching for a long time played great in the U.S. Uh, Open last year. Mm-hmm. She uh, uh, is uh, an, an amazing player uh, Youngster Carter Jenkins out here, uh, you know, so many junior golfers that have gone on to college golf sh- scholarships and, and you know, maybe they're bankers now. It, it's not really about trying to uh, feel like 
you know, there are guys that teach the tour players and God bless them. You know, they sacrifice a lot to be out there on the road and mm-hmm. taking care of all that. But, you know, my, my enjoyment has always been in trying to help other teachers be better and then help my, help my students be better. And the teachers I'm teaching in the PGA education program since the mid eighties are all people that are out there teaching the mid to high handicappers and having them enjoy the game. That's what grows the game. And it definitely. Uh, and I'm going to ask, throw this out to both of you. Cause I have a, a personal situation. I need some advice on. Uh, <laughs> I have, I have a very regular playing partner who is doing many things wrong. I don't have the wherewithal or the background to tell him what he's doing wrong. Plus we've known each other for so long. He wouldn't listen to me, but how do you give advice? I used to do the same stuff. And I know by listening to Jeff that it isn't right. So how do you suggest maybe he go take a lesson? Cause he's never has. Does he listen to this show? Yeah. <laughs> I've I hope, got I hope so. <laughs> you know, number one is you're, if you're a friend, you're probably spending pretty much the whole round trying to, keep him from getting pissed off and just having a yeah. trying to enjoy the day. Right. Yeah. I buy him another but, beer when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, and it depends on how great of a friend he is, but uh, buy him a, a gift certificate for a golf lesson uh, for a birthday or get him a lesson with Jeff and let Jeff take the rest from there. Because, <laughs> because otherwise he's in a, he's in a, he's like a rat on a, on a little treadmill. He's not going to, you know, it's, it's, it's groundhog day every time he plays golf. Yeah, exactly. And it, it getting it's getting less and less fun for him because because I'm getting much better <laughs> and he isn't and it frustrates the hell out of him. You know, I, I hate it when some of my students, you know, or the, the new students, they throw their hands in the air on the golf course and they're like, it's doing this all day. And to me, that tells me I need to do a better job because if they if, if it's doing something again and again and again, it's something they don't want. I haven't done my job. That's my thing. I got to make sure that uh, I got to do a better job of making sure that they know what's going on. You know, if they know what's going on, they know how to fix it. And I think that that's a pretty important thing. That is so, the operative consideration as far as I'm concerned. Well, concerned. it is. They, they've got to be able to figure out how do we get the club face to tell the ball to do something better? And how do we recognize it on the golf course? And how do we get them to instantly take action? Because that's the only thing that stops people's frustration is to see something better. Right. right away. So early on in, in the time that I get to work with people, uh, we're, we're down that road a little bit in some form or fashion that they can recognize what it is and then take an action that actually makes it do something that they really want it to do. And that stops the frustration and it puts them in a whole different state of mind and then they're actually enjoying their golf. So that's, that's one of the big things I do. Uh, you know, if I get somebody that's just here for a one-off lesson, well, then, you know, the, the object there is to, to take away their pain and give them what they're after. And then hopefully somewhere during the highlight of that, of that lesson, that's where we're booking the next one. Yeah. You know, got to make sure that they keep coming to, to get happy. But, you know, Ed, you taught me this a long time ago without ever saying it to me, is there's a time and a place to, to book your next lesson. And it's always at the happy part every <laughs> month, every time. <laughs> right? Yes. All right. Now, now we know that technique we'll be looking for later on down <laughs> well, the road. It works, right? We've got, we've got a few minutes left together and we're going to take advantage of them when we come right back. Hang with us. We are those weekend golf guys. Hey, do me a favor while you're thinking about it right now. Why don't you go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com? Okay, what we're going to be doing, Jeff and I together, we'll be doing a one-day seminars on how to use golf effectively for business. 
We're going to concentrate on charity golf scrambles because you know there are many of them. I'm sure if you have a business, you've probably bought a sponsorship and put a team in one or two of them. We're going to show you how to make that a great business opportunity with a fantastic return on investment and a great way to build trust very quickly with customers and also prospects. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com and now that the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions are being eased, you know you've got a lot of making up to do as far as your business goes. So get on this right now. It'll be a quick way to get back into the swing of things. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com You know, golfers, we love gear. It's a big part of our game, and we put a lot of time and, and, let's face it, a lot of money into getting it right, whether we're researching our next irons or maybe even testing out some new tees. But there is one important piece of equipment that we overlook, your golf cart battery. Most of us don't consider the quality of our battery. That, that is, until it dies, and we're stranded out in the middle of the course. That's why we want you to know about the Relyon Insight battery, the intelligent golf cart battery that utilizes intuitive software for better performance and fewer disconnects. The Relyon Insight battery is powered by lithium, not lead acid, so it charges faster, provides more range, and requires no maintenance. It's a drop-in replacement, so just connect and go. You can learn more at RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use our special promo code GolfGuys for 10% off. Plus, you'll get a free charger when you order two or more Insight batteries. Again, that's RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use promo code GolfGuys. And no other lithium battery compares to Relyon's. Order yours today. And it is us, those weekend golf guys, John Ashton, along with uh, Jeff Smith and our guest uh, all morning this morning. It's been Ed Ibarguin from the uh, Duke University Golf Club, general manager and teaching professional director of golf. It goes. OK, how about the Bill Strasbaugh Award winner? How about that one? That's a national award. That's a big deal. That's like the golf pros golf pro right there. He's the, the guy. Ed's actually mentioned him a couple of times earlier in the show. This guy was everybody had so much respect for everything this guy was doing. And then here we are talking to a, an award winner of, of the Bill Strasbaugh Award. And he's been on our show. It's great. That's, I mean, we're talking to golf royalty now, okay? Just keep that in mind, John. So we have, we have show a little wall. respect, will you? We have the wall of fame, man. You know? <laughs> but anyhow, Ed, yeah. you, you alluded to it earlier, too, about how embarrassed people are. I, I, we equate it to people who... Uh, feel they're not in good enough shape to go to a health club, you know, join a gym. It's the same thing. It's, I was, I was deathly afraid to swing a club in front of Jeff the first time because mm. I knew probably I was doing 17 things wrong and it came out. I was only doing 16 things wrong. So, you know, it was, well, at least that I told you experience. John, that, that's a great <laughs> analogy. John right there is, is uh, that, that's so well put. And I, and I think it's up to the, you know, there was a great article. I'm trying to think what might have been Golf Magazine or Golf Digest. It was one of those that said, you know, things to know about taking a lesson. And one of the things was that uh, the, the teacher is there to help you and you don't have anything to prove. You know, on, on the positive side, you're so nervous in that first lesson going with somebody that you don't know that it really comes close to simulating what it's like to be on that first tee. Mm -hmm. at club when everybody's standing around you know and even though they're not paying much attention to you you feel like everybody's eyes yeah 
you on that first tee. Yeah. And then the the what I hate is playing at the golf courses that have the uh, the veranda overlooking the 18th green, and you have all right. the people out there eating lunch and drinking heavily oh, yeah. and watching yeah. you play the 18th. And it's like like at Fuzzy Zeller's place over in in Sellersburg, Indiana. It's like no, please don't watch me. Don't anybody watch me. Come on. No. Yeah, you no, know, that's how it goes. But Ed, listen, it was great meeting you, man. We got to get you back. An hour is nowhere near enough time to do justice to a conversation with you. Um, well, I'd love to come back anytime. We appreciate that. You can come back too anytime. Check us out those weekendgolfguys.com, facebook.com slash golfguys. Uh, if you're ever around Duke University Golf Club, just stop in, say hi to Ed, take a lesson, get better, or just yeah. go play, come some play golf. golf. Two years ago this weekend, we were all thinking about taking a trip to play golf over in Ireland. Here's we were talking to our buddy Phil O'Carroll, live from Dublin, Ireland. And we are those guys, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith, uh, up in uh, Columbus, Indiana, teaching folks how to play golf better. And we have with us on the line, live from Ireland... Mr. Phil O'Carroll. Now, Phil, I got to tell you, I want to apologize. I have never been to Ireland, but I did grow up in Boston. You've uh, you've been to mini Ireland, I suppose, as yeah. we would refer to it over here. Yeah, um, a little, little Irishized a little bit there. But, uh, but I got to tell you, even still, if you refer to the basketball team as the Boston Celtics, they really get upset, even though that's the way you're <laughs> supposed to pronounce it. So, absolutely yeah. thanks very much for having us on the show guys we're absolutely delighted to well, connect with you and thanks for giving up uh, your dinner time to spend some time with us here now we what we did two weeks ago on the show if if you were listening um jeff gave us the itinerary for his trip this summer to play golf in scotland and we have a large european contingent of listeners in dublin ireland is like our second most listened to international city and phil was kind enough to get uh get in touch with us and ask for equal time absolutely <laughs> absolutely we, we we reckon we definitely deserve more than more than the amount of time you're giving to scotland over here but... <laughs> we're, uh, yeah we're, we're we're about 25 miles away from dublin where we are at the moment um very close to the K Club where the 2006 Ryder Cup was hosted. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely, as, as you know, as we said, Scotland, it's an amazing place. But equally so, Ireland, it's, it's incredible in terms of the golf courses and just the overall experience. Uh, we, have a, we have a saying over here that, you know, Scotland may be the home of golf, but Ireland is where golf goes on its vacation. And, uh, <laughs> that, that's, uh, that pretty much sums it all up over here. It's... Um, Okay. <laughs> well, when the when when the Scottish uh, invented the game, it was only for the aristocrats to play, anyhow. So I guess maybe uh, you brought it to Absol- the world, right? Abso- can- absolutely, right. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, believe it or not, Ireland is a it's a relatively small country by by U.S. standards, um, but we've got over four hundred eighteen whole courses on the island. Uh, obviously, a lot of them, the likes of the Royal County Downs and Ballybunions, Watervilles. Port Marnox are all going to be really well-known courses in the Hinches. But, you know, some of the other courses off the beaten track and some of the courses that we always say where the locals play mm-hmm. uh, are absolutely incredible. That's both in terms of Parkland and, and Lynx courses. So, um, and it's, that's, I, I it's love some, the fact that they're not all Lynx courses because, as, as we've discussed before, I don't feel comfortable playing a golf course without trees to hit my ball into. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's something, you know, it's something that we would always encourage people, uh, encourage clients to, to do actually when they come to Ireland, maybe to mix their holiday a little bit. Um, I know obviously it's, it's a lot of the time coming from the States and coming from Canada, it's about playing the, the great links courses. But it's nice also to play one or two of the parkland courses. And, yeah. you know, especially after a long transatlantic flight, it can be a n nice way to settle into your vacation by playing a parkland course and then by, by taking to the links. Yeah. Um, you don't want to start with the real hard stuff right off the bat, you know? No, ab absolutely. Absolutely not. You know, a lot of times people, I'm sure Jeff doesn't because he's been there often and he's more conversant with it, but but a lot of us, you know, weekend golfers have the, the feeling that these golf courses, since, you know, many of them were just, you know, carved out of sheep pastures or, or were the sheep pastures or whatever, that they are inherently more difficult to play than our courses we're familiar with here in the States. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, the courses themselves would have taken this into consideration over the last 10, 12 years as well, because, uh, you know, you look at a Lynx course on a calm day, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very little difference between that and Parkland golf. You know, you look at maybe getting a little bit extra roll on yeah. the fairways and the greens not being as receptive. But other than that, on a calm day, it's quite a similar game. But when that wind blows, then it's a completely different game. And, you know, somebody who would shoot, say, 80, 85 on a normal day, you will be doing well to break 100 shots uh, when the wind blows on the Lynx course. And, and that's not an embarrassing score. You know, you look at some of the, you look at some of the, the professionals, the scores that they will shoot in, in, you know, the Open Championship when the wind blows. And it's, you know, as I said, sometimes breaking 80 is an achievement in itself. Yeah. Um, but well, that, as I said, some of the courses now they've 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 figured that out and they've realised that it's a it's it can be a difficult game. So you would have a number of different tee positions right. for all for all um, standards of play and for all golfers. And well, certainly, I'd encourage your listeners not to sort of be put off by the fear of coming over here and playing links golf because it's a really really great experience to to do. Well, the fact that I could shoot a hundred and not be embarrassed by it is an enticement all to itself, Phil. That's absolute, not... <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and, and then you can go out on the back nine as well. Then after that, <laughs> ouch! You guys have been talking behind my back, haven't you? <laughs> absolutely. All right, Jeff. You you've been to Scotland. You've been to England. You played around. Um, yeah. What? I give the floor. I yield the floor to you, sir. You know, the the thing that I love about the, the Lynx golf is the views that we just don't have in the middle of America mm -hmm. to stand out there and look over either the Atlantic ocean or the North sea or whatever large body of water amongst some cliffs. And you're out there amongst some of the nastiest wind you'll ever feel <laughs> <laughs> is, is so much fun because you went for that experience. And the, the, the fun that you get out of that is to battle Mother Nature, trying to put this stinking little ball into this hole 400 yards away in as few as shots as possible and navigate that and deal with the conditions that could be beautiful and calm. Over there, apparently, that's like a two-club wind. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, because that's normal. You get out there on the coast, and it just doesn't stop. Yeah. It picks yeah. up, and then it picks up some more, and then it picks up some more after that, but it just doesn't stop. <laughs> so, no, abs abs absolutely. And very well described, Jeff. Uh, 
very very well described and you know what i suppose what goes with that as well though and it's it's you know it, it sometimes can be painted like quite a bleak picture of playing in these winds and the you know the strong prevailing wind and sometimes the driving rain but what sort of comes with that as well is that the fun that you'll have in the in the 19th hole in the clubhouse in some of the best pubs in the world after your game of golf you know and to talk with your mates to talk with your traveling companions about the game of the game that you've played and about some of the challenges and the fun that you'll have with the locals in Ireland it's something that that isn't matched anywhere else in the world well, and again yeah. I know I'll sound quite impartial saying that as an Irishman but I would certainly stand over that that uh, if any of your listeners are considering a golf vacation and are are looking to experience Lynx golf uh, we would always say to consider you know the whole the whole the whole um, picture and to look at the after golf experience as well and Ireland is really unparalleled in what it offers in that regard. You know, the beauty of the area and the people that you meet, you'll never forget. Absolutely. And, and that is one of the most amazing things about traveling to play golf and to, to get there and to meet people. And then all of a sudden you have friends across the world. Absolutely. And you go for those things, that total package. It like, just blows my mind on how much fun we've had when we've traveled abroad for the purpose of playing golf on some of the world's greatest golf courses. Well, not, not only do you have the golf in common, but, you know, in this day and age, sometimes, you know, uh, Americans get a little hesitant to uh, go overseas. You're not quite sure what kind of a reception you're going to have. The political well, climate being polite, what they you'll are. you get a nice, polite reception. But I think but if you But also, we're cousins, <laughs> you know? I mean... Absolutely. I mean, we've... we've uh... You know, we always extend a really, really warm welcome to American visitors in Ireland. And I mean, there are such great links there between both countries. We have been very, very fortunate with the support that America has given Ireland over the years. Um, you know, and has, I suppose, the recognition that, that America has given Ireland in terms of its exports and in terms of what Ireland is really, really good at in terms of literature and sport and poetry and yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, the, links that, the links that are absolutely that too. <laughs> Um, the links that are there, you know, would ensure that every American visitor that comes to Ireland is going to be treated really, really well. And uh, we're very, very reliant and very, very lucky that we have enormous numbers of, of American visitors, not only golfers, but also other uh, others that, that just come for general sightseeing tours of Ireland. So right. you can be absolutely sure, 100% sure that you're going to get a really, really warm and a very, very genuine welcome in Ireland as well. And about the money, you guys, you guys use euros, right? not that's pounds. right yeah, yeah yeah okay a lot easier to figure out euros than it is pounds and quid and all that kind of stuff yeah that's yeah, such absolutely. a screwed up system over there absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean we're we're uh yeah it's all it's all euros in ireland um, northern ireland so that the smaller part of ireland where royal port rush and royal county down would be that's still part of of the uk so they would still use uh they would still use the pound pound sterling up there but but in the southern part of Ireland, it's it's all uh, it's all euros. All right, Phil. Listen, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here in just, in just a second. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, because we've talked about you know why you'd want to play golf there and other things to see there and what the money system is there, and I know what you do for a living, and we're going to wind that in and see if maybe you can hook us up and uh, put together some enticements for some of us and our listeners to, uh, to head over to Ireland to play some golf. So put your thinking cap on, tell us what we can do, and we'll be right back. We're all those weekend golf guys. Hang with us, please.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.